Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Breaching Extinction podcast. Hope you guys all had a wonderful week or two weeks because these are our porpoisodes. So for those of you that are new here, our porpoisodes are our shorter episodes. And my co-hosts here are Liam and Kendra. Hello, hello. And we're here and we are finishing up the book, Being Salmon, Being Human. We're on the final chapter, chapter 13, Dawn Inside Geostory. Drawn Inside Geostory, not Dawn. Drawn. Whoops. Um, but how's everyone doing? How are we feeling? What's new? Good. Nothing new. Right. Nothing too much new. So, yeah. Amazing. Nice. Well, awesome. So we'll just like get right to it. Um, this book has been awesome to read. Um, and in this final chapter, uh, the author, Martin Lee Mueller, just kind of talks about some different perspectives from people throughout history uh, and the concept of space and the history of the universe undergoing um, drastic changes over time um, and the impact that that has. And then takes us, you know, into some different parts where he talks about what it would look like if we didn't have certain life on earth so it definitely um I think it was a really good way to end the chapter is just to kind of pull back and put into perspective how microscopically small this fraction of time is in because it 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 doesn't feel like it's small because it's our lives and we're living it and whatnot but that's that's kind of just an overview of what this last chapter was about who had thoughts what do you guys think about it that was basically my thought. Um, just the human history is but a footnote on the multi-volume story of Earth's struggle to sustain life. Like that's one thing is we're vast. We are destroying this planet. However, once we get to a certain point, it will be fine without us. Like we will, it'll be uninhabitable for us and other creatures that we will drive to extinction if things don't change. But even once we are gone, the earth will continue to sustain life. We are like a, such a small moment, but we can do our best now to continue to try and make the earth habitable for us and the animals we're driving to extinction. Because that would be nice to not yeah. do that. It, would, yeah. it, would, it could be a cute idea. It could the be. earth doesn't necessarily need us in that sense, but it would be nice if we could continue to, yeah. to, to be human. <laughs> Yes. There's a quote that I have that kind of correlates with what you're saying right now on page 257. Whoops. We're just struggling today. 257. It says, we know the idea to let a species go extinct at the expense of an extractive industry is demonstrably flawed, reckless, imprudent, and is unambiguously evil because the loss of wild salmon unique subjectivity would be irreparable impoverishment for the real. And I just, yes, I agree with that whole statement. It's hard. And like, again, he comes back to going back to this poetic view of things and incorporating ourselves, taking out this idea of a separation between us and nature, because there is that constant, you know, idea that we are separate from nature. Um, and like, you know, I, I do like that he brings up different perspectives where he talks about people introspecting on their experiences um, and then he, you know, ultimately goes back to that story of the salmon boy where like, you know, once the salmon boy was able to, um, let go of ego, like let go of his selfish desires and be one with nature, he was able to 
like the, you know, he was able to rely on the salmon and the salmon came back, which I thought was a nice like full circle to come back to, given that that was such a crucial story within this book. Yeah, I agree. Uh, that was basically my, uh, Kendra, your thoughts were basically my thoughts as well. I think that that chapter did a good job of kind of wrapping things up on the note that like, hey, the earth does not need us, but we're here so we can, you know, continue, we can, you know, choose to um, make us, make ourselves, I guess, um, sort of, I know that's kind of vague, but better per se for the world, or we can, we can choose to uh, help take care of it and live on it rather than just keep extracting from it and i think it was i think it was a nice sentiment because yeah the earth doesn't need us it, you know if we destroy it enough it'll get to the point where it'll be uninhabitable um you know for us and for the for the animals that you know go extinct but the earth can will just continue and i think ultimately life will continue as well but it'd be nice you know yeah just to continue to live on this planet and also not punish animals for uh, punish the rest of the world uh for uh for i guess our incompetence on our behalf yeah yeah because like because like why why should because i know some people have an attitude of like oh well it's too late now you know let's just you know let's let's party until you know we can't anymore and it's just like yeah but you know why why put uh why put the rest of the planet you know through that because you know yeah you want to go through it but you know i'm pretty sure no one else does yeah i think that's a fair point and also like it is selfish and it is reckless and it is egotistical and like you know it's tough i think it's it's tough because you know there's a lot of people that do want to be like environmentally conscious and a lot of us i think at least i feel powerless sometimes in the society that we live in like even if I personally want to make choices to like be completely emission free or to like not use plastic, like it takes an immense amount of like financial security that most people do not have. That I do not have in order to do that. And like, it just, unfortunately, like there are certain things you have to continue to like live and survive like as a human, like you need to breathe, but it's like the way that we're living, like we need exponential change to happen. Like we need infrastructure to change we all, I mean, ultimately we need attitudes to change. Like that's what it boils down to. And that's where he like ends the book is by talking about the role of ego and like how we need to let go of that ego. Um, like on page 273, he says, as in the story of Salmon Boy, this is the moment in which the culture of ego must die. That's what needs to go extinct. Ego needs to go extinct, not the rest of everything else. Because it's just yeah. like, it's so selfish that we're so much more important. And like, also this book has really gotten me to think differently on just like the indigenous issues, like the, the whole salmon voice, or I don't know about you guys, but that really stuck with me. And like, it's completely different for someone else. And we totally have a Westernized view. And like, it's just like, it's difficult, you know, it's a, it's a difficult adjustment to make, but it's, something that we have to do because it's not fair to groups of people and animals alike, you know? Yeah. Which actually, yeah. Which actually, I think, well, I, I learned this. I, I can't remember who I heard it from, but someone made a really good point that, you know, you need to start taking, you know, a lot of these, um, 
a lot of the issues, especially that are that indigenous people are facing from colonialism, you have to start taking those into account because I forget who it was, but someone said that, you know, the language, the language of, you know, even saying, you know, that I just used it, that saying, you know, we shouldn't do this or we shouldn't do that. Just that kind of language alone can, is sort of a sense of, I guess, vic it can be victim blaming uh, to a lot of communities, especially because they weren't the ones that caused this whole situation. You know, yeah. it was all the incompetence of Western Europe. Absolutely. Generally understand what when, when, when someone says, you know, we quote unquote. But yeah, it's good, you know, to make sure that there isn't like any kind of victim blame. You know, be sure not to just blame, you know, communities, especially indigenous communities right now that are struggling a lot from these effects. You know, it's best not to imply that they, they have any sort of responsibility for this situation because they don't. For sure. You know, yeah. and they, you know, they've said that, hey, you know, it was, you know, our yeah, they didn't necessarily, their existence probably wasn't, well, well, like it, on that topic of, of, um, of what was it? Yeah. The earth, the earth not needing us. Like, yeah, sure. The earth may not need us, but you know, it's nice. It'd be nice. It's nice that there were, that there are people that are willing to help, you know, keep it safe. And that's what that whole, that's what many indigenous cultures we're all about it's just preserving that natural world it was just around that in, in a lot of places Kendra, what do you how do you feel about what Liam said I agree um but I think I kind of talked about this most likely but there's just an issue within culture or art for us where we've started to pit blame on ourselves for issues and that's not where the issues really lie because um like there's this tweet that tweets are not science but I'm just gonna say <laughs> I liked I liked this tweet but it was like someone had tweeted and said humans are addicted to plastic and someone else retweeted it and said no humans are not addicted to plastic we haven't been given another choice for years and years and years and it was mass produced and we as consumers had no say in that matter that was like people higher up same with like the oil industry um for people like Erica said, who are wealthy, they could give up a car, they could do an electric vehicle, which have their own problems. Sometimes in the production, they emit far more emissions, essentially, and waste than even an oil or natural gas powered truck or car. But, you know, again, nuances. But like, the blame has been put on us and wealthy people can avoid it. They can shop plastic free and only eat um, fresh fruit, vegan diets, and have, you know, all those, the certain things that are not always accessible to other people. Um, whereas the issue is the system, like recycling, even if we have recyclable products, the recycling system is broken. We, doesn't matter what we choose. If I choose not to use plastic, but my neighbor does, the system still isn't working. It isn't functional. It isn't successful um, for glass for plastic, for many things. Composting is not available, even though food waste in landfills contributes to a massive amount of methane gas. That doesn't need to happen if, if food is properly composted and not led to waste in landfill. That would be a massive reduction in gas emissions into the greenhouse gas layer, stuff like that. And yeah, 
it's not on us. And we have this issue. I wouldn't say we, I would say that corporations have put those on us. Like the personal, evaluate your personal footprint was first done by I think like BP oil. And it's like, why does my footprint matter when what you're doing is like fracking and all these, all these yeah. things? Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. They, so definitely, yeah. yeah, I agree with what both of you said. I'm just adding some yeah. specific examples of the system and the culture we are in. I think that yeah. that's very important. And also like, I think that our culture is just generally very toxic in a lot of ways. And I feel like this is just literally like, it is all of these bigger systems, like gaslighting other people and being like, no, you're the problem. And ultimately kind of goes back to like this, this, this need to evaluate because like, I feel like, which also, I just realized that was a pun, the oil industry, oil and gas. We just got, we're getting gaslit by yeah. corporations. <laughs> yes, by, by the corporations. Corporation. No, but dead ass, like we're getting gaslit by like these corporations and like, I like this lack of accountability yeah. in general, like it's like the public is, is largely uninformed about issues with climate change. I am a person that works in the environmental science industry. Like industry and like there's like not a like I don't know everything, you know? It's a okay, this audio is weird. Let me give it a second. I'm gonna let it reconnect. We'll have see if 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 Liam's muted when you're talking. That because sometimes if just multiple people are not muted, it just is weird. Okay. Gotcha. Sorry, I thought I, I it may persist. It may persist and be odd, but that may okay. be one thing that like is easier to do than like rebooting yeah. a whole system. Sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the gaslighting. Yeah, you're right. It's especially since it, I, you know, it's a way of, 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 of shedding responsibility, as a sense of like, because corporations can be like. You know, well, you're the ones that are, but I mean, I understand, you know, I understand if someone were, were to make the argument of like, of, well, you know, if people are buying this, if people are buying this stuff, then, you know, how do you expect them to change? And then that's where that whole thing comes in of like, yeah, but a lot of the time, which, yeah, you know, yeah, that's true. But here's the thing. There are a lot of people that don't really have much of a choice. And then those companies take advantage of that. And just, and just, as you said, you know, gaslight and, and make people think that, you know, that this is really their fault or that there's, you know, that's, there's more that they can do that, that the corporations shouldn't be held liable for. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. I think that that's like definitely a, a big part of it. Like, and I, I, it's like the lack of accountability and it's just like the going for, you know, just trying to show that you're a certain way. And I, unfortunately, it's something that I think we see in many aspects of our society in different layers of the environmental science industry, like, you know, of just ego and lack of accountability playing a huge role. Like it's something that I feel like I see day to day in my industry of like people not wanting to be accountable. We see it day to day, like with, you know, the oil industry and stuff like that. And like, this again is why I continue to say, and why I've been saying for years on this podcast that it's all rooted in ego because what is going on in your brain that you feel that there are that that mass destruction is more important and you not being unaccountable like there's something wrong if you think that it is okay to blatantly exploit 
people and the environment and then turn around and gaslight them about it and tell them that they're the problem. And like this, obviously like the, the whole, you know, BP thing, that is, that is definitely a big um, example of it, but we see it in other forms, like in smaller forms, like I've experienced this like regularly in my day to day, like in my job sort of thing. And so like, I am just like, it's just, we all need to, to introspect. Like I'm not a perfect environmentalist none of us sitting here are, we're doing our best. Like, you know, I'm, I'm both of the belief that like, it is like these bigger industries and institutions that are the issue, but also at the same time that, you know, there are certain, like every, I think that just the act of people being mindful of consuming less plastic and things like that. Like, I think it gets you in the right mindset. And like, you know, to me in my head, even reducing one piece of plastic out of the ocean, like while it may not make a huge difference if we're looking at it from a scientific perspective, I think that if it means like, a, you know, a turtle not eating it, that's enough for me to say like, you know, so like do what you can where you can, but it's frustrating because like we are kind of trapped in this society. Like we're, we're part of the rat race and it's like, no matter how much you want to overcome it, it takes an immense amount of privilege that the majority of people do not have. Majority of Americans don't have like one in four Americans struggle with food insecurity, just generally eating anything let alone trying to find like organic or healthy or you know plastic free alternatives yeah it's just that the whole thing that just companies just this whole sense this whole culture basically of gaslighting people and just saying that they're the problem when they're the ones you know being impacted by this and uh, you know it's always you know that's and then that's a lot of the time where you'll, you'll have those people that will that's kind of where that argument comes in of like, <laughs> there's a joke that exists or a meme that exists that says like someone will say something and then someone will respond with, you know, we live in a society, you know, and that's, that's kind of the response to anyone who would say, well, look, if, you know, you know, you're, you're saying all these things, but whatever, you're driving a gas car or you have a phone that's probably not made of recycled material or whatever. And it's like, you know, how do you respond to that? Doesn't that make you a hypocrite? And it's like, no, it's because we live in a society. <laughs> That's basically it. It's just, we live in a society that locks so many in this certain way of doing things that it's very difficult for an alternative to come up. Yeah, well, yeah, it's very difficult for people to, you know, take the incentive to change, let alone have any alternative in general. And what I mean by people, I mean, you know, you know, the common, whatever, you know, the common. Type yeah, the everyday American. Yes. Everyday, every, yeah, everyday North America. That's a good, I feel weird saying that, but yeah, no. Um, yeah, I like, it's hard when it's like to an extent we don't have a choice. And so like, I urge those who do have a choice or maybe like, if you know someone who works for BP or you know someone who like, you know, like has connections to these institutions, like talk to them because here's the thing is like, you're more likely to get through to somebody like as their niece or their son or their friend, as opposed to just like some one of us randos just like blabbing about why the environment's important. Like if one of these people who are like in control care about you, you know, talk to them about these issues and like educate them because, you know, I think too, I'm sure just because of the manipulation that we see in a lot of these industries and a lot of these narratives, 
I'm sure that the people who work for these industries are also like manipulated and kind of in it and like, you know, things like that. And it's like, I don't know their perspective. Cause I don't, I don't talk to people like that. Like, it's not like, I'm like, Oh my God, I'm not going to talk to them. It's just like, it's not within my day to day. I just haven't been exposed to people like that. I haven't like taken the time to go expose my people, myself to people like that. But yeah, it's definitely tough. Um, and I think kind of coming back to the book, it just like, it's like, this just goes to show that we need to put more pressure on like policy and like, you know, you do vote with your dollar in a sense. And like, but you know, at the same time, not everybody has the choice on, on where they can vote because like, I definitely get that. Like, you know, I like want to make more ecologically conscious, like decisions, but like the, you know, field of work that we're in typically doesn't pay enough for you to like eat, you know, fully organic and all of, all of that shenanigans. Um, I don't know if shenanigans is the right word, but whatever. Non-GMO non type stuff. That's non usually what I, that's usually what I hear is that just organic is just another way of, people I, I think are using organic as just a way of saying not non-GMO, which isn't, you know, really doesn't really make a whole lick of sense, but whatever. It's just, yeah. Cause like, you know, whatever, I, I won't go on a rant, but just, yeah. Yeah. I feel you. Um, I do want to note though, too, he referenced a book in here or he referenced a talk. He went to, um, visit, I'm going to say the college's name wrong. Schumacher, Schumacher, Schumacher. Schumacher. I think it's Schumacher. Schumacher. Amazing. Schumacher. Okay. So, um, he went to go visit Schumacher college and joined the ecologist there. Stephen Harding for one of his deep time walks. And basically this is just like a 1.5 kilometer hike where he basically like you walk through and for every little bit of like, you know, I forget what the distance is, but there's a distance that you go. Um, and that counts for like, you know, a million years. And he goes through this talk. There's actually an app, which I, which I was just Googling like this deep time walk. So you can actually do this deep time walk by yourself on the app it's called the deep time walk app and i think i'm gonna go do it maybe we should all do it we should all talk about it and maybe that will be another poor episode um so yeah but i would recommend downloading this app but basically it's like you do this whole like 4.5 k walk or hike and then in the last centimeter is like the time that we've existed you know um and and the ex of expansive amount of change that has happened in just the time that we've been here is kind of absurd. So I don't know about other people, but I feel like you got to start feeling the pressure. Like these are conversations that we need to have. I feel like corporations are trying to distract us by telling us that we're the problem and like, you know, that there's changes that we can make and there are changes that we can make and there are things that we can do. And I think that it is important to like, even if it, you know, scientifically isn't, doesn't necessarily have a serious impact i think just being in that mindset is something that is helpful just being constantly like mindful of the planet of like picking up trash and like you know trying to reduce your your waste where you can i think that does help it's not going to solve the problem indefinitely but like i think it definitely does help because too also like you know i like i had this final straw like have you guys do you guys know what the final straw is i feel like you probably do yeah um, so they're, they're nodding their heads right now. They're nodding. Yes. This is a podcast. So you guys can't see it, but the final straw is this little fold up straw that it, you put on your keychain and then you pull it out and you drink like water, whatever you drink out of it. 
And I had one of those and like, I got a bunch of flack from like one of my captains and another naturalist that I worked with up um, in Washington about why do I have that? Why don't I just use my mouth straw? And I'm like, it's a talking point. Like, cause people are going to see it and they're going to be like, why do you have this? What is this? And it's like, it's a conversation starter, you know? Um, so I don't know, just, I think having something on the brain and, and being able to like talk to people about these issues like because if we're not doing it and we're just like I, I feel like in a way we're giving up if we're just like I'm not going to recycle you know which the I totally agree with you the recycling system is totally broken but like it is definitely something that needs to be on our brain at the same time if that makes sense yeah you can well, yeah, that yeah, yeah that's the point is like but people should not feel so much immense pressure that it is our individual choice because while your individual choice is important it's more important to vote. It's more important to raise awareness to these issues and do not just uh, your every four year voting for the president, but um, your local voting and raising awareness for um, if composting is not available, push for that. Cause that's just like a little thing, but it's at a bigger scale. Um, but yeah, like people shouldn't feel like they're horrible if they use a straw. And that's the point. It's like, that's not, you're not at fault for that. You and what you have been living to do which is you, you go you have a straw you go to starbucks they give you a straw you go to mcdonald's they give you a straw like that's not something you should feel guilty about and if you say no that's awesome is it big in the grand scheme of things no but not everything has to be but it's important to like have both in mind that do little things and be pushing for those big things and be understanding big things are are out of my control but i can do little things that maybe can influence those yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. I think also, I think also that probably, I think people, I think probably are willing to, you know, take the incentive. I know, you know, Erica, what you mean, you know, when people, you know, often feel like just flat out giving up just because of, you know, the immensity of the situation. But I think there are people that actually do want to like make an effort to change, but, you know, that can only happen if, a lot of the stuff that that people wouldn't need to do on an individual level is more accessible because I, I guarantee you if if you make that kind of thing more accessible just people are willing to you know make the change but you know yeah again still still primarily focus on what's going on with with corporations you know guilt tripping and everything even though they're the ones Absolutely. doing it yeah I think it's 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 a balance of like little yeah, like balance. yeah everything's about balance you can't do anything perfectly and I think that that's another thing to think about too is I think that like a lot of people get overwhelmed because we feel like we have to do things perfectly when we don't um and you know you being consistent and imperfect in your you know environmental journey is better than you being perfect and like only being able to be perfect for a week you know so continue to be inconsistent, continue to be imperfect and just continue to try because that's how we make progress and just do what you can. It's overwhelming. Talk to other people, lean on others for support. Like I know that I definitely have like a lot of like eco anxiety. And I think that that's like why I sometimes approach things the way that I do or like, you know, why sometimes I get frustrated with people and I try to check that and like be mindful of my own emotions, like when, you know, communicating with others, but um yeah, I think just do what you can and 
you know, it like it's part, but like, you know, also at the same time, don't feel like super guilty because that we just exist in the society that we exist in. Yeah, no, uh, no, no victim blaming. Yes. Amazing. Um, this was an incredible book. I highly recommend if those of you who were listening to this that didn't read along, I highly recommend you pick it up. He's got a, a I believe, a TED talk online somewhere. Um, go look at the TED talk, like if you don't have time to read the whole book. But if you do have time to read the whole book, it's like I really got a lot of value out of it. And I think that a lot of the people who listen to this podcast would too. Agree. Yes. I think he's also spoken about it at climate summits. I don't know if, if that, those might be good too. I think they might be shorter than like a Ted talk. For sure. Um, and then there's the, the one YouTube video we talked about, I think a couple podcast episodes ago. Yes, 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 yes. Oh, very good. Highly recommend. Well, we are going to take um, a little bit of time off like probably like two weeks which I guess is really not that different because it would be like a week in between episodes anyways we're going to take two weeks off I think we'll come back and maybe do our maybe if we all have time we'll do that deep time walk and then do an episode about that and then we will be reading being Sam oh no we just read that we will be reading listening to whales it's been a day I'm going to read it again. <laughs> read it again. And we're going to rediscuss it again because that's what you guys want. Well, yeah. I, well, yeah, I've never read it. And chances are I'm probably going to have to read uh, Being Sam and Being Human all over again. I think it's a good one. Yeah. It's, it I've is, definitely, yeah. this was my second time around reading it and I got more out of it this time. Like, I think it's just one of those books that's just like it, it's like lasagna. The longer it sits in the fridge. <laughs> It again the next day is better you know that's a fun analogy for a book but yeah perfect um well everybody thank you for reading us with us thanks for joining us and stay tuned this week we are gonna have a special fun episode with dale frank he is a riot so you guys are gonna love it and tune in for that wouldn't it have been last week's episode no, because I'm gonna put this it's out. This, I'm a, oh, I guess yeah. Last week's episode. I don't know. It's gonna be an episode. Is this going up this Friday or is this going up next Friday? Uh oh, you're right. I guess I'm. I was gonna put this up tomorrow and then put up the episode. Oh, then yeah, then it's fine. Yeah. So yeah. Okay. Amazing. All right. Well, thank you everybody for joining us and goodbye. Goodbye. Bye.